Christmas cakes at work for the farm shop. Baron in Doncaster, by the way, you show some... So we're back again with another All Fruits Right podcast at the Unit 137 Recording Studios and I'm here with Bex Bohir. Hello, Hello Bex. Hello Louis. Hi Bex. Hello Ads. How's it going? <laughs> Good thank you. Nice. And Jasmine is chilling in the corner. Jasmine yeah. is my little dog. Bex and I have known each other for ooh, maybe five years, six years now got to be nearly six damn where does time maybe go maybe eh? longer i think we lived together we lived together for like four pretended to live together no three i was in the house for four yeah oh, but i left a bit earlier me. we were living in a different warehouse to the one we're at now in north london at the, on the fontaine roads community and that's loads and loads of warehouses actually some of the only joe guys who work with adam we're also living up there. Yeah, some of them are still there. Some of them are still there. Yeah. There's uh, there's loads of amazing creative people living in the Fontaine areas. So no surprise. Getting more and more musical We found well. Bexa. <laughs> yeah, getting more musical as well. Should we start with Bex's track? Yeah. yeah Let's yeah, go yeah. for it. So Bex doesn't know what track I've chosen. I'm really excited. Yeah. So <laughs> for the listeners, what we do is we invite the guests through and we ask them to send us five tracks. But because all the music is played on vinyl and strictly vinyl, we ask for five tracks to choose one for variable reasons, but mainly because it's not always easy to find the track on vinyl. So sometimes between ads and I, we've had the tracks in our collection and sometimes we've had to specifically buy them in and I had to buy Bex's in. Excellent. So what have we got? We tried got to avoid the, reggae. The remix by XX. Oh my uh, God. You've got the love. and. Yay! Uh, Bex was adamant I would not find it on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you won't find it, you won't find it. And it's uh, it's on your showreel as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I'm a bit obsessed. A bit obsessed. Yeah, it's it's, nice it's a wicked track, though. It's very good. Should we get it started? Yeah. Clementine. Are we going to get electrocuted? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> now now we have to explain. Yeah. Well, that, well <laughs> done, Bex. Now we have to explain it. Yeah, just We're so torturing people here. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's a bit of an earth issue going on in my in my studio at the moment. So um, it's all right as long as you don't touch two things at once. There's people in cages and, and I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have bare feet, yeah, as Louis, Louis just found out. Yeah. He kept getting electrocuted, slightly electrocuted, not flying across the room electrocuted, but enough electrocuted to drop the microphone and go, ah. Yeah. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> I have actually electrocuted myself to the point where I've been thrown across the room once. And it was uh, done in a, such a stupid way as well. 
the more I think about it, I'm like, why was I doing that? But yeah, I literally, unfortunately there was a wall behind me and it threw me against the wall. And I sort of like stuck up against the wall for about 20 seconds thinking, shit, was that my life? And thought, better better crack on. Yeah. (laughs) Crack on. Thank God for flip-flops this time. Yeah, thank God for flip-flops today. So, um... Clementine is warm and ready. We're not going to get electrocuted. I'm going to put my microphone down and we're going to listen to some lovely vinyl. Let's do it. Sooner or later in life 
Tell us more. Tell, why, why did you choose this track? I'm just t- completely obsessed with it. I love it. I could listen to it on repeat forever. I think it's brilliant. I don't. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. I love the. I don't even. My musical terminology is terrible, but the little boo 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 in the oh, background. Yeah. I love it. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I love the original. And I love what Florence has, and the Machine has done with it as well. I think yeah. it's all brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a fan of the XX. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's an all-round great tune, isn't it? It's yeah. wicked. Thanks for that, Bex. Um, <laughs> Actually, to be fair, all the tracks you sent me, I was like, should I get that one or should I get this one or should I get that one? I was, I was hoping. I know you said you had a fat sound system and I was kind of thinking it, it, I, I had that one crossed off the list because I could have swore you wouldn't find it on vinyl, but then, one, I've never looked for it, and two, I was thinking there was one tune in that five that's mega bassy. And I was, Which one was that? Oh, is that the chemical? Oh, lazy one? day. Oh, lazy day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. By algorithmic. Yeah, it's algorithmic. Amazing. So that was a good tune as well. I wanted. To, I was thinking about getting that one as well. Is it on vinyl? They're all on vinyl. I've never looked. I've not. They're all on vinyl. vinyl like person. the thing is, is that they don't necessarily release them as as LPs. They'll release them as singles because the DJs are still selecting them. Vinyl's still alive. Like, it's there. Not it's, dead yet. It's not, it's not dead no, yet. No, it's having, it's having a massive resurgence. Yes. Not extinct. It's just... <laughs> it's really... It's a lot harder to sell an album than it is a single. And that's, I guess, because it's the DJs that are buying the music still, maybe? No, I think, I think a lot of people are... I think it'd be very genre-dependent, that comment. 
um, that I just said, because it's like in the genres that I work in, right. it's just not a lot of people will spend that kind of money on an album. They're more right. likely to spend the money on a single, okay. you know, which is something like maybe like anything from five to eight pounds yeah. instead of 15 to 20 pounds. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's nothing to do with being easier to mix if you are mixing um, two singles. No, I mean, you get different sounds. It could. It really depends on the song, to be honest. Because, you know, if, if yeah, I mean, you know, with Jungle or something like that, like dance music that you're going to mix, you know, you generally get one track per side. So I, I wouldn't say it's easier to mix, but you definitely get a different sound of like an LP to... LP's never as good quality sound as a single. Yeah, it won't, it won't, it'll be, it could be bassier though. Um, and kind of like a little bit more rounded, yeah. if you know what I mean. I'd say like a, a single, it could be a lot more crisp yeah. and sort of heavy and kind of like transient, sort of hard hitting, yeah. but not as warm, yeah. maybe. It depends on the person who's cutting it. But yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> There's a whole discussion to be had about vinyl. I don't know if we do that today. Like I definitely want to at some point have yeah. a really good chomp into what's happening in the supermarket world. But we'll discuss that on another podcast. Yeah, we'll, I get, mean, we'll get a proper record I, junkie in and chat with yeah, them about it. I really wanted to ask Bex how, how how you got into the work that you're doing with video and like looking through everything that you've been up to. It looks like, I mean, from what I can see, is that you you do a lot of the process. You're not just focusing on one element. And I just wanted to know how you got into it and yeah, sort of. Yeah, the pro the the process and the journey, I guess. <laughs> okay, um, that's a hard one. Oh, it's not a hard one. It's a complicated one. I am a bit slow in general, and I think it took me a little while for the penny to actually drop that I could combine two things. One, which is animals, which is a massive passion of mine, and to something I'd actually spent the time studying, which would be media or filmmaking or animation at uni. So I, yeah, started off doing uh, media at college and uni, and by the time I finished at uni, I was sick of it and went to work in a rescue centre back home, where I used to volunteer when I was 12. What um, was that rescue centre? It was... Uh, did you want to ask that question again? No, oh, no. I, I, think, I think twice <laughs> is sufficient. <laughs> um, it's part of the National Animal Welfare Trust down in Somerset, a little place called Heaven's Gate. It's a bad name, but... I don't know. It's quite it. nice, Heaven's Gate. It sounds like they're about to die. Oh, or, yeah. or, or, or that, or that they is are heaven. cherished and therefore... Oh, yeah, that's still quite deep, isn't it? They're, yeah. They're dead. Yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> Sorry, Heaven's Gate. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Heaven's Gate, if you're listening. <laughs> There's probably going... a deeper meaning behind it or something. Yeah. I, don't I don't know what the meaning is. I know it used to be a pig farm back in the 70s and they've been going since then. And the work they do is amazing. They've got several centres around the country and uh, the one in Somerset's the biggest, as far as I'm aware. So, yeah, I worked there for a while and then decided I should be using my degree. So then had a personal, like, mental battle with do I drop everything I'm doing or go traveling or try and get into working in TV again. And then my friend set up a filming company where they sort of traveled around the country filming posh horse trials. So I ended up in a horse box <laughs> that had been converted into like a living space and uh, with about 
six when was that? ever hippies. <laughs> when was that? <laughs> this is going. This is before so I knew, this right? Is, yeah, this is uh, two thousand. So I must have left uni at what two thousand six. Did you study in Somerset as well? What did I leave in two thousand three? God, I've got no idea. I did study. I studied in Plymouth. Oh, okay. So finished and then went and worked with my friends. Uh, filming people like Zara Phillips falling off horses in various uh, okay. locations around the country and France and Germany and places like that. So it was super fun and it was sort of point and shoot camera stuff. And it would basically consisted of all of us standing in a field for about eight hours every day for three days filming horses every two minutes going past you over a sequence of jumps and sometimes completely stacking it and and nailing themselves and the yeah. riders and sometimes not so anyway so yeah ended up filming filming them for a while and and then decided to I worked as a horse uh riding instructor for a bit tried to see a future in that and it something wasn't quite sitting right so ended up making a decision to either go traveling or move to London and work in TV and so I ended up going traveling because that was much more fun mm. um, and then while I was away decided to be a vet nurse so when I came back uh, I was a vet nurse for a year started my training did really well in all of my exams and then decided that again there wasn't something quite right and I w after working in a rescue centre and seeing people sort of battle through floods and snowstorms and things to get to work for free to help the animals I, I was suddenly in just on the edges of London where people had too much money to throw at animals that they weren't even seeing every day and they mm -hmm. were just keeping them alive for reasons that they believe were right but I felt like maybe it wasn't the right decision so I didn't want to be the one keeping a lot of them alive which sounds quite depressing so I was quite happy when a lot of them passed away which is quite sad so yeah I tried to leave about three times got persuaded to stay and then after a year decided to knock it on the head and we also had two tv crews came in one making a program about exotic species in Essex um, because apparently Essex has the highest number of exotic pets basically and really? the two guys i worked for in the vets were australian that would be an brothers documentary. yeah i think it i don't <laughs> i don't think i ever watched it to be fair okay. um the two guys were brothers that ran the veterinary surgery they were both from australia so they had a lot of experience with snakes and reptiles and lizards and things and so i kind of realized that i could be working in tv combining my passion with my skill <laughs> for uh, i say skill loosely for media and, and TV production. And I, there was actually one day where I almost just didn't bother going to work. I was in my veterinary nurse outfit, getting on a train, going to work, and there was a TV crew that jumped on the train in front of me, and I almost, but didn't, just suggested that I work for them for free there and then and just not <laughs> go to work at all and, and not show that up. That sounds like being. a very Bex thing to have done. It would have been. Yeah. It would have been classic. Yeah. I didn't. I was good. I quit the, the proper way and then ended up getting a job in TV and, and stuck with it. And it's actually the first job I think I've ever had that I've kept for longer than a year at a time Ooh. because of the variation so everything's different. And when you're in TV, you're freelance and you're working in lots of different environments with lots of different people on a, on a fairly choppy basis. So I think it suits me because I have a short attention span. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, that's where I am now. And now it's yeah. just a case of trying to get into wildlife TV. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what, you know, I was going to say about 
some of your previous work, it looks like you kind of made that dream into a bit of a reality. Yeah, I mean, Thank it, looks, you. it looks cool. Ah, um, I'm trying. Let, let, let's talk about the projects after yeah, let's <laughs> after the track because I think that we can talk. No, no, we're not going to scrap them. We're going to chat about them a lot. Okay. But there's loads to talk about, but I feel like we'll need more time yeah. than before the track. So maybe we can spin the next track now. This is one of my tracks. This is by... Well, first of all, it's on a record label called Urban World Records. And I have a feeling that they've stopped producing. They are from Denmark, I believe. The name of the artist, because this is a compilation album, is Copia Double Sistema. And the track's called One Day Revolution. But this is a remix. And its remix is by Schlatt Thof Bronx. Good nice. pronunciation. Yeah. And they're also from Denmark. So it's a cool album cover. Yeah, it's cool graphics actually, isn't it? It's very sort of like carnival style. Mmm. Maracas. So, yeah, let's chew into that.
I love that track. I love that track. <laughs> I lo- it's amazing. It was such a random find. Where so, did yeah. you find it? Well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> good question. <laughs> it's kind Tell of complicated. Us. So a friend of mine, T, who at some point I'm sure will be on the podcast with us talking about his boat. He makes films as well. And uh, he was making a video of me in 2013, I think. And he said, we need a nice fat track. So he went and found a different track that's on this record label. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's so good. And uh, then I looked at the record label and I found the records. And I was like, boom, love them. So good. I love it. We so, need to think of a name for it, though. We need to think of a name for the, no, that's, the genre. Yeah, no, well, this is like Cumbria, uh, like modern Cumbria sound. Cumbria is like a, a Colombian. Up north. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cumbria. If they, if they produced that in Cumbria, yeah. I'd be there. Yeah. What am I doing in London? Yeah, we just all just move. <laughs> like Cumbria, Cumbria is I the place to be. I don't know what accent they have. In. Is it Cumbria? I don't know. Actually, I might have to. I'm a geographer. I'll ask Tanya. Is She'll be able to figure it out for me. Yeah, it's quite. Is it a bit of a long one? Might be. Accent wise. That's sounding quite Sheffieldian. Is it? A bit. <laughs> yeah. So let's get back into your films. Because you've done some pretty amazing films. I know that you think they're crap, but they're not. I wouldn't say they were crap. <laughs> no, no, but you, you're always a little bit downbeat. I'm not very good at promoting myself. Yeah. I'll give you that. One thing I've learned just by sending them to you, actually, is that I'd really like to be able to produce something start to finish that's 100% my idea and something I can shoot and something I can edit the way I want it to be edited because I do like being part of a team or a a crew but you're always going to have different opinions and I would really like to be able to make something that's that's exactly how I want it to be Mm. so I'm feeling inspired at the moment and I would like to be able to create something with other people but I don't know if that's a Leo thing in me that I want it to be all mine so i (laughs) <laughs> in your email you said that you have lots of big ideas share us one of your your big ideas well, that's kind of it really i want i've got lots of ideas for different animal themed so but um, if, if if i was to say look here bex here is an unlimited source of funds okay you've got everything you need you've got your crew because you've got this unlimited funds you can do anything you want what's the project it's going to be to do with animals it is Oh, that's really hard. There's so many. I have. There's so have many you, I want to do. Have you got ideas? Have you, yeah. Is there so a couple there's you... a couple that are in uh, in talk. We're in sort of. And I hate saying in talks, but we're talking to Chester Zoo. I say we, me and a, a friend of mine, are talking to Chester Zoo about 
making a documentary about human-animal conflict. That's the most current... Well, I say that's most current, but yet today I've been at work and I've been looking at lots of different uh, YouTube videos of lots of dogs in India, stray dogs, and at rescue centres. And now I'm thinking uh, I would really love to do a tour of different countries and see how different rescue centres or individuals are sort of helping stray animals or injured animals or sick animals around the world. So... If there's anyone out there yeah, you never <laughs> that know. wants that wants a piece of that, then mm-hmm. I'd be happy. I'd be I'd be happy to work with someone and make it happen. But then I, there is that kind of thing in me that wants to f- film something and edit something and produce something that is all mine that I've that I'm a hundred percent happy yeah. with. And so you're in conversation with Chester Zoo, I'm presuming, because you've done some stuff. You've with done Chester work with them, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so a couple of years ago, I went out there, out to Assam in northeast India. And was this your first trip to? It India? was my first trip. Yeah, into like I remember you rural going. India. Yeah, yeah, almost without a passport. Yeah, and tears in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> but I was basically following Chester Zoo on one of their trips where they took about I don't know ten members of staff uh, with them to teach local people in Assam how to generate an income through something other than farming because a lot of farms out in India are getting I don't want to say destroyed I need another word but basically Asian elephants are are very common in Assam and it's it's several times of the year they'll pass through villages and on their way they will accidentally on purpose kind of destroy houses and farms and they raid for grains and things like that so things that people are relying on elephants sort of sniff out the same stuff and they they're quite big <laughs> so caught, yeah, there is a path I, of destruction yeah, whether definitely wouldn't want to be stuck in front of a herd of elephants no storming. and yeah when they're when they're pissed off especially yeah. so yeah i went out with chester zoo and did a little highlights film and shot loads of footage they didn't actually know what they wanted so i was just kind of a fly on the wall um filming everything so i think since then they've made lots of other stuff with the footage yeah. um but it's a really interesting project. So it's called the Assam Hathi Project. Yeah. And you'll find more about it on Chester Zoo's website. But yeah, it's a, it's like a 10-year project. And they've basically managed to save a lot of lives, I think, by teaching people how to live without relying on farming. But they're, they're not the only zoo you've worked with either, are they? No, so... You worked with Durrell, didn't you? Durrell was last year, yeah. T- tell, tell the audience about Durrell because... I learned about Durrell actually just before you started this project because Tanya met, what's her name? Mrs. Durrell, what's her first name? Lee, I think she's Lee Yes, Lee, that sounds about right. Yeah. And she became super excited about what I was doing and wanted to try and do some kind of project or something and it hasn't ever related to anything. But you did something with them. And um, so, but first of all, tell, tell us about what Durrell do and who they are because they're amazing. Durrell are amazing. So it's Durrell Wildlife Conservation Trust. They're based out in Jersey. There's a bit of a question mark over whether or not they're a zoo or not, but I think recently they've rebranded themselves, so they are a zoo again. Gerald Durrell was the founder, and he his kind of vision is 
was he's not around anymore but for there to be no zoos and no reason to be sort of protecting endangered species anymore so his idea of conservation is more about sort of breeding captive breeding and re-releasing animals and different species back into the wild with like minimum human contact so there there is no need for a zoo and there isn't an entertainment factor but obviously you need to generate funds in some way and if you're interested in wildlife and animals and some animals understandably can't be re-released for various reasons so I'm guessing, as far as I know, that's why they've still got animals in Jersey. Mm. The word zoo is like a very debatable sort of yeah. concept and word. Like, I'm, I'm not a, a fond lover of zoos, but I've been to behind the scenes of zoos in the last few years in the sort of context of what I'm doing. And I've been quite amazed as to how much conservation work actually goes on at a zoo and you're totally unaware of. Exactly. Like ZSL has saved many species of fish a lot of the time mm. who that they would be extinct now but because they went out there and took like they did it in Mexico they've done it well there's two amazing stories one in Mexico where they went out there and took the last surviving fish and then they said to the Mexican government you want your fish back you've got to build a lake for them and then they gave them them back and now they're back in the wilds and they've saved them mm. and then they've done another similar thing in Malawi from the Lake Malawi there's a cichlid which um was oh no it's not from lake malawi but there is a cichlid in i forget which african lake it is now and there was only three males left they didn't have any females so they did a huge campaign to advertise to get a female in and because they did that and they had the finances to do that someone came forward with a female thus they bred them now they've got a species alive still but we're still going to look at them in the format of a Mm. zoo which is quite i know it's another idea of mine. There's yeah. another TV program waiting yeah. to happen. It's been done in various forms in the past, and I think there's another way for it to be done, and that is exploring what we could have in place instead of having live animals in a zoo. Right. I would really love to be able to like investigate further, like how and who would be able to provide something as interesting as seeing a lion up close or a gorilla up close or I'd really love this because people are getting more and more creative and you've got things like secret cinema and all the immersive theater stuff going on there's there's got to be some other way where people are paying a hell of a lot of money for an experience like that much more than you'd pay to get into a zoo right where I think there is definitely and virtual reality and 360 filming and all of this kind of thing I'd love to be able to throw all that out there and see what you could come back with and and get rid of zoos altogether i think it'd be brilliant but you're so right like chester zoo and durrell they do amazing work and people just don't know about it don't don't know if it's people just don't care or maybe it's the way it's sort of the way the their information is displayed or i don't know it needs to be more interesting like conservation is starting to sound like a word that's maybe being thrown around too much and it's and people hear it and it's like you switch on or you you switch off and yeah. i think it there needs to be something else to spice it up a bit or make it a bit more interesting and make it make it something that people really want to care about well i think that that's something i've experienced with organizations environmental or charity raising organizations find it hard to engage with a vast amount of the general public because they're very their traditions are very old-fashioned and they're not updating things and there are some that are working in different ways and we discussed this a bit with charlotte didn't we Mm. but yeah it's exciting knowing that you're working with zoos and like coming in with your ideas and concepts and doing something a bit different i i look forward to to when they 
evolve and you, you get that show, that whole film mm, <laughs> I know. from start to finish. And Daryl, I know I, uh, one of the projects I sent you that's still on Daryl's website is a film called Daryl's Underhogs. Yeah, the one with the hogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, about pygmy hogs, which is yeah. the smallest pigs in the world. And but you started that without Daryl, didn't you? I did. Well, I mean... Wasn't that your project? So off the back of my Chester Zoo visit, yeah. because I was, I was camping in a, an area where over the fence there was a a whole conservation area for pygmy hogs. And I was lucky enough to have Nandita Hazarika as my guide, in a sense. She also works for Chester Zoo. So she was like, oh, Bex, you have to come and check out these little pygmy hogs and do this, that and the other. So I ended up getting up before sunrise and trying to film the sunrise for Chester Zoo. And then I'd nip over the fence and go and film the pygmy hogs. And then I'd come back before the guys from Chester Zoo had got out of bed. And then I could do some filming with them for the rest of the day. And yeah. then at the end of the day, I'd go back and do some more filming with the pygmy hogs. So I made them a little... Um, fundraising kind of mini film that they could yeah. just bounce around and try and drum up some attention and Daryl found it so then Daniel Craven from Daryl ended up giving me a call and saying do you fancy going out there again and making another film yeah and he had a big budget initially that fell through so we were going to go out as a big team and there was going to be big fancy cameramen that worked for the BBC and it was all really exciting yeah, and yeah. then the money fell through oh, no. and so he was like are you set up for doing it they're still going to release the 100th pygmy hog that they've sort of captively bred and re-released back into the wild so I was up for it and so went out there with Dan and another cameraman called Shaz. Uh, he's in Delhi. Shaz Saeed, I think he's called. I might have that completely wrong. Yeah, so he's another so one. So why are the pygmy hogs endangered? There's lots of reasons. Initially, actually, they were thought to be extinct back in the 60s. And then they, there was a big forest fire and somebody where they think the pygmy hogs were sort of naturally chased out of where they were living and then a couple of them ended up in a market and so somebody from Durrell was over there found them and alerted Gerald Durrell and basically said they are still a, a living still species there. but yeah they're endangered they their habitats are decreasing again because of human population getting bigger and encroaching on their space they do get hunted for meat at right. times but they're basically what's called an indicator species. Yep. So if they are going extinct, then they are a warning sign that other species are going to follow. Going to follow yeah. So they're quite important, even though they're so small. Well, it's mm. always the smallest species that are the most important. They're the underhog. Yeah. An underdog. The underhog. Very <laughs> underhog. good. <laughs> Practice that one, haven't you? Mm, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into your track, Hads? Yep. So I've chosen a track off our seventh release on the record label, which is a release by Sleepy Time Ghost, and it features Maccabee and Zico. And I'm going to play a remix that Jago and myself made, and we titled it Babylon. I chose it because it's probably the most relevant to the other tracks. Like yeah. It's quite... I don't know, it's a bit out there. Just sort of made it without really knowing where we were going and then ended up with this end result. So, How often do tracks, do you like know where you're going with it? Well, it's interesting because that's what we were, we were touching on with David. 
It depends. Like if I think if I'm working with somebody vocally, it ends up going on a direction because of the language and the mm. lyrics that are involved. But that could mean a, you know that could just happen later in the track. Generally, right. I don't have an idea. I just sort just of go just, and play. just <laughs> get on with it. Well, you know, you could have like I a baseline idea. Yeah, you could have like you know, you could have like oh yeah. Or, but do you or, sometimes or go chords, to bed and like think be chords. thinking of like a sound, and then you wake up and you're like, oh, I've got to get that down. To be honest, me, I think it's more with a vibe and a kind of a rhythm yeah. and kind of like a kind of a tempo, maybe. Yeah, I kind of think, yeah, that'd be nice. Or sometimes inspiration comes in the strangest places. I think there's always a sound that continues through your work, but not necessarily because I like to change the process as well. Like I don't. I find you end up coming up with new ideas if you change the way how you put notes in and how you put rhythms in. You know, it could be like doing something live on an acoustic instrument or it could yeah. be just bashing buttons or clicking a mouse. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'll end up with different sort of feelings. And Anyway. <laughs> let's play some it. music. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's play that track. <laughs> Meditation. Know what you have been a young. 
patience Too many fall by the wayside Losing their senses Because they're not content The answer's within But they can't comprehend it It's a natural vibe Open your mind To a higher meditation Don't you fall out of Babylon No, no, no They just keep coming. Yeah. Like Unit 137. One. Massive. So that was featuring Mikey General as well. We we kind of mashed up the two vocals. The original is, there's two two cuts. Basically, you've got Maccabee and Zico titled Meditation and a version from Mikey General called Jark and Read Your Thoughts. And the rhythm's on that vinyl as well. Yeah, we did uh, 500 of them, all hand screen printed. Yeah, they're nice. Um, yeah. Uh, by the guys at Dun London. Uh, yeah. Cool. Shouts out to Dun. Shouts out to Dun London. I'm wearing one of their t shirts at the Designed moment. Designed by Kaiser. Another shout out to Kaiser. Good Bro- flamingo. Flamingo. Like it. Like the yeah. animal theme. That's how we do. Urbanized. We keep it all relative. Here's like a it. sick shirt. <laughs> For the viewers, Kaiser uh, is a graffiti artist uh, from out of London. Possibly the nicest guy with a spray can you'll ever meet. And he does mostly lettering, but then he does characters as well. And he's done a, a, a flamingo with a baseball cap on. And he's dressed in... Some Dungarms. Dungarms. And they also did a bat. And they did a donkey. Yeah. And a camel. A leopard. Was that a donkey? I thought yeah, it was a camel. Yeah, it was a mule. Uh, oh, a mule, a mule. Yeah. Nice. I'd like to see that yeah. one. Yeah. So... Uh, have we um, bought the builders? Yeah, well, <laughs> this is this is warehouse life, isn't you it? You know, <laughs> all the sound effects. We've got yeah. Jasmine in the corner <laughs> making a little whimper occasionally. We've got the builders. We've got something going it's on. It's something. It's all right. It's London. That's what it's keeps London. it fresh. We can't hear the sirens, so Never we changing. supplement it with the sounds of builders. Nice. So, Bex, tell me, where are you working at the moment? Because you you've just. You, you've been working with Millie for three years? Millie at Media Spaces. Yeah. Yeah, nearly nearly three years. Where the time has gone, I don't know. It goes fast, Three it? adventurous years as well, and very fun, I should say. But at the moment, I'm at ITV. We are making a series about stray dogs or dogs in India. And I no can't really say very much more. Okay. Sounds good. I don't think. But it's a, a well-known TV presenter who works at a well-known rescue centre in London. And there's been several series already in England. Sounds like we know who it might be. Yeah. But I'm not going to say because I, I might get someone <laughs> in trouble. But for um, all you viewers, you're probably right. Yeah. There is only one. and so Listeners. Yeah. yeah, we're not viewing. We're listening. Yeah. Thanks for that. It's all right. <laughs> It's because I'm in a visual world. So you're in an audio world. So yeah. you picked up on that. It's all right. Mm. It's all right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm actually, yeah, I'm at the, in the development process of 
sorting it out for them. So nice. um, I've just set up a recce so they can go out and meet lots of different rescue centres over in India, in Delhi and Mumbai, and a little place outside of Delhi called Jaipur. And yeah, as I said earlier, I've just spent the last three weeks looking at dogs all day for a living. Nice. Perfect. And the dogs the dogs you're doing with ITV, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, Can I just quickly just divert back to media spaces? Because I went on to the website. I don't know if you looked on it as well. Alex, yeah, but I did, yeah. One of the things I really love here, and, and I screenshotted it so I could read it out. We love charities. We filmed families devastated by the war in Ukraine. We've highlighted the plight of elephant and human conflict in India. That's the film you guys were doing. Mm-hmm. For the last six years, we've produced films that help stroke survivors tell their inspiring stories of courage and the possibilities of life after stroke. Mm-hmm. Basically, you guys just rock. Uh, like, seriously, like, you. not enough people care about these things and i think it's really important that there are people covering that and putting that into the media yeah because that that kind of goes back to your other point about how uh are people actually interested Mm. or do they just not know what is put on all these mass media channels is a load of rubbish yeah nine times out of ten in my opinion that's why i can't really go near a tv Probably you know, get electrocuted in this yeah. studio in this as well. <laughs> but, you know, like documentaries like that and companies who are, who are supporting charities like that and, you know... Absolutely. It need, that, in my opinion, needs to be yeah. exposed to more Shut eyes and more people's... Definitely. You know. And that's hats off to Millie at Media Spaces because she wants to get involved with those projects and those charities because it is something that is really close to her heart and it's addictive so the minute you meet a stroke survivor or somebody that's had a pretty rough ordeal and has come out the other side and has done something about it and you want to know more and you want to care about them and you want to do more for them and we've met I've met so many people working with Millie like Lots of kids as well with spinal injuries that have been given wheelchairs that are literally life-changing. Yeah. And just stroke survivor stories to the moon and back, basically. Because we do the Stroke Association. So basically do a an event every year where they give out awards to people they've worked with. So they'll give awards to carers of stroke survivors. They'll give awards to stroke survivors themselves of different age ranges so not a lot of people know that you can actually have a stroke as a baby or wow. a child or in the womb um, as well as that. being as well as being in your 50s or plus huh. and it can affect you in different ways as well so the, the key thing to remember and I should plug this while here is that if you are aware of strokes then you get something called a TIA which is basically your body giving you a warning sign before you're about to have a stroke. So the quicker you can get yourself to A&E once you've had this, the TIA, which comes in different forms. And it might be things like sort of a mini blackout. It might be a feeling of being drunk for about 30 seconds. It might be slurring your speech. If it's a funny turn, basically, which most people put it down to, don't ignore it. Go straight to A&E, tell them what's happened and chances are it's your body saying hang on a minute (laughs) and so the quicker you can get to the hospital if you've had a stroke again uh, reduces the side effects so if you ignore all of those signs then the chances are you could be affected quite severely whether that's mentally or physically yeah so it's harrowing 
And a lot of people do come out the other side and they're absolutely fine. Andrew Marr is a perfect example. So news presenter, he's an amazing guy, really lovely, and obviously made a documentary about himself having specialist treatment in America. And sadly, it didn't work to the extent it has worked on a lot of other people. So it, it affects everyone in different ways. But yeah. when you meet the people and talk to the families and talk to the carers, then, and it's, there's people, there's a chap called Will we worked with last year. He, he's a young, he was about 17 when his mum had a stroke and he basically is her carer now. So he gave up college, uni, he gave up his Olympic dream. He was basically training to be an Olympic cyclist. Wow. Gave it all up just to look after his mum and ran the London Marathon twice for her. And he's just such a lovely guy. So when you meet people like that, I'm getting emotional. Wow. Quite an (laughs) amazing, like, yeah, it's amazing, like, how being a filmmaker puts you on the front line in some ways. Like, you you enter new worlds, new people's lives, and you, like, you're learning. I guess the more you learn, the more you can teach the viewer. Mm. It's in, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Amazing. That's why I love it. I love this job. Yeah. It's just there's so much variation, and yeah. I've been in so many different situations thanks to media spaces in the last three years that like I wouldn't change any of it. We've been in Buckingham Palace with Duran Duran, and <laughs> we've been out as I say in India, and we're going out to Jordan with Chain of Hope, another charity that helps children get heart surgery, and wow. specifically refugee children getting heart surgery out in Jordan. Amazing. Um, that's going to be mind-blowing, pretty sure, um, if a little dangerous. So that's Millie's dream job, basically. Wow. She's all game, and I'm up totally 100% up Reminder. for it. Reminder. Yeah. <laughs> the psychic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it should be good. Okay. So what we try and do is we try and play like a remix or an original of of the guest's track. And so we had Bex's track by the XX. Got my suspicions. And I wanted to get Candy Statton's track in. Mm. Candy Station. Station. Sorry, I always call it Statton. Station. It's all right. You know, just, just you're on the correction flex cool, today, man. yeah? That's cool. cool. I'm listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> he has actually, because I always make cock-ups. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Candy Station. I couldn't get it here in time. I found it Ouch. and it wasn't too expensive, but I couldn't get it here in time. And he's like, nah, it's not going to be here on Thursday. Oh, so what's it going to be? So wow. we're going to play the original of the remix that we played already. So it's the um, Florence, Florence and, and the Machine. Machine. Yeah. So we're going to play that. Amazing. The A-side. There were other remixes on, on the LP, uh, on the EP, but I'll be honest, I wasn't really feeling them. Fair. Ah. So I think we go with the so the, the original. The original. I love Florence. I think she's brilliant. Yeah. I've never seen a white or a see-through vinyl before. They're kind of annoying because you can't see the grooves. Yeah, you have to. You have they to look them. great, but then when you're actually trying to play I on them, I just bought one. I, I bought like a little seven-inch clear one uh, yesterday, actually. So yeah, let's play this track and thanks again. Yeah, thanks, Bex. Thank you. Thanks for coming thanks through. Thanks for having me. Blowing our minds with your films. Oh. In in this Watch amazing. Space. Can we do it again another another year? Let's do it again next year. Oh, you want to no. come back again now? No, no, I'll come back. And yeah. I've made a film that I that have won like a ton of awards, and then and then I'll happily I li- like, I like the dreams. About it. It's good. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> that sounded a bit like I didn't believe in you there. <laughs> Just to clarify, I, I 100% believe in you. <laughs> 
You're going Loving to get those the dreams. awards. Cheers, Bex. <laughs> <laughs> Someone mute my mic. <laughs> yeah, let's listen to some music. So until next time. Sometimes I feel like throw my hands up in the air. I know I can count on you. Sometimes I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care. But you've got the love I need to see me through. Sometimes it seems the Lord is just too old. Anything go wrong, no matter what I do. Now and then it seems like the life is just too much. But you've got the love I need to see me through. When food is gone, you are my daily need. Oh. When friends are gone, I know my savior's love is real. You are real. You got the love. 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 Time after time, I think all oh, of what's the use. Time after time, I think it's just no good. Cause sooner or later in life, the things you love, you lose. But you've got the love I need to see me through.